love chips and salsa. I love ketchup, but I cannot bear, cannot bring myself to eat one of these. This is one of your tomatoes, sweetheart, and I will, I will really take care of it for you, okay? I got a problem eating one of these. Let me tell you a little bit about tomatoes. I, I reckon. I'll just have it in ketchup, amen? In America, tomatoes are usually picked green. They're usually picked unripened. And they do that so that the tomatoes won't bruise on the way to the grocery store. But then, once they get to the grocery, green tomatoes are sprayed with carbon dioxide gas to make them turn red almost instantly. These sprayed tomatoes are perfectly fine to eat, but I'm told that a unripened sprayed tomato is no match for a vine-ripened tomato that is allowed to mature slowly. Is that true? I'm going to take your word for it, okay? Here is my point. There are no shortcuts to maturity. There are no shortcuts to maturity. It takes years for us as human beings to grow up. It takes a full season for fruit to mature and ripen. And it also is true for the development of a Christian. Christianity cannot be rushed. Spiritual growth, just like physical growth, takes time. It takes time. And we cannot mature completely simply by reading this book. We cannot mature completely simply by changing the way we believe. To experience successful change in my life and yours, there are things that we must add to our faith. There are things that you've got to add to the way that you live in order to enjoy successful change. Now, in 2 Peter chapter. 1 in verse 5, that's on page 1079 in the Bibles in front of you. Peter writes this about this spiritual maturity issue. He says in verse 5, For this very reason, giving all diligence, add, say add, add to your faith virtue or moral excellence. To virtue, add knowledge. To knowledge, Add self-control. To self-control, add perseverance. To perseverance, add godliness. To godliness, add brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, add love. For if these things are yours and abound in you, you will neither be barren, that is, useless, 
nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today, we add the finishing touches to our Christian faith, which is love. Love is the building block, the pinnacle of spiritual maturity. When we begin with faith as the foundation and we add all these things that Peter just named, then God will grow us up to spiritual maturity. So the final building block is about adding agape. Say agape. Agape is loving God's way. Agape love is the love of God. It's how God himself loves. And he talks about this in 1 John chapter 5, or chapter 4, excuse me. If you'll go to Revelation and hang a left, you'll go about two or three books and get to 1 John chapter 4. And I'm going to share with you beginning in verse 7. John writes, this is the same John who wrote the gospel of John. And he says, beloved let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, that is the sacrifice, that is the payment that satisfied the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love that God has for us, because God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, or in this way, that we may have boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If someone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he's a liar. Amen? He's a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this is the commandment we have from him. That he who loves God must, say must, must love his brother also. That, friend, 
is an overview of agape love. I'll tell you a story about Joe and Frank. Joe and Frank lived in a small town in Tennessee, and both Joe and Frank had 16-year-old daughters. Amen? So we're going to pray for Joe and Frank. Amen? Joe and Frank had 16-year-old daughters, and one night, Joe's wife came to him and said, Joe, our daughter, has got something to tell you. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> Z-Man said that, all right? You've been there before, haven't you, brother? Here's what he said, uh-huh. His daughter sat down and she said, Daddy, this is the hardest thing I've ever had to say. It's bad. And she looked at him and she softly said, I'm pregnant. Joe jumped up and he pointed his finger at her and he said, how dare you? How dare you embarrass me? How dare you have a baby without being married? How dare you ruin my good name in this town? Why don't you just pack your stuff and leave? The very next day, Pastor Frank's daughter, Pastor Frank's daughter shared the exact same news with him. And so the next Sunday, he stood in his pulpit and he said, I want you to hear this from me. I have my permission, permission from my daughter to tell you this. She's pregnant. She knows that it was irresponsible and she knows that we don't condone premarital sex. But she came to us asking for forgiveness with a spirit of repentance. And so my wife and I have just chosen to treat her as Father God would treat a prodigal son. Friends, can you guess which of those two girls is still following Jesus? Can you guess... Which one of these two men demonstrated the love of God? Agape love? See, agape love is the way God loves. It's more than just some sentimental emotion. Agape love is giving all you got for somebody else's benefit. The person who truly loves God will agree with God that he or she has the responsibility to love every individual around them. We're to love people in our lives just like Jesus did. Friends, that is the mark of a true believer. They love people. God's people, God's creation now, you may have noticed there in verse 12 and in verse 17, the Bible says, John said, that love is perfected. Now, that don't mean that we're going to love without mistakes. It doesn't mean that we're going to love without messing up. We are. Can I get an amen? 
But it does mean this. Our love as Christian men and women and young people is to grow to spiritual maturity. So how are we supposed to do that, Brother Bill? How are we supposed to love the way Jesus loves? Well, let's look first at what is the pattern of love. Again, in verse 9, be reminded of what John said about this love. He said, in this, here you go. This is the way he said. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten son into the world, that we might live through him, not live through you, but live through him. In this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the sacrifice for our sins. What do you think about that idea? That even while we didn't love God, he loved us. He loved us so much that he would send his one and only son to pay a particularly brutal penalty for my sin and for yours. How am I going to love like that? Well, if we're going to love like Jesus, the first thing we got to do is we too must learn to love sacrificially. We must learn to love sacrificially. You see, Jesus' love is not based on you becoming better. You don't have to get right with God before you come to Jesus. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? You ain't got to get all good, all holy, and all righteous before you get saved. It's not based on you becoming better. He'll take care of that after the fact, amen? Amen? In fact, did you know that no matter how bad you are, no matter how bad your neighbor is, no matter how bad your friend is, they're never too bad to be unloved by God. Why? Because agape love sacrifices for the recipient. <clears throat> Y'all get that? God's love sacrifices for the beneficiary, the recipient of that love. But there's another way that we can love, follow this pattern of perfect love, and that is if we're going to love like Jesus, we too must learn to love unconditionally. How do you like that one? We love to love with conditions, don't we? Yes, we love with conditions. If he pays me back, then I'll love him. If she loves me back, then I'll love her. If he would just change, maybe I could love him. But God's word calls us to love people in spite of who they are. In spite of what they have done or haven't done. That's God's way of loving Agape loves unconditionally. But thirdly, if we're going to love like Jesus, then we too also must love not based on worth. 
Not one of us in this room was worthy of the love of God. Yet he loved us anyway. Jesus is the pattern. He's pattern of perfect love. But I think you would agree with me that sometimes, man, it is difficult to love people. Amen? Sometimes it's tough. When somebody stabs you in the back, it's tough to love them. When somebody doesn't deserve your love, it's hard to love them. But what we must remember is that we didn't deserve God's love either. So we must learn to love them, not based on what they're worth or not worth. Consider the fact that at one point, every one of us in this room was lost, dead in our sin, damned to hell, doomed forevermore until Jesus died for every one of us here. What a Savior we have. What a pattern of love we have. What love is this? It's the pattern of perfect love. But when you analyze perfect love, we also have to ask, how am I supposed to do that? How are we to practice perfect love? Well, look in verse 11. John said, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time, but if we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. Friends, do you know how this world is going to get to know God? Do you know how this world that we live in is going to get the, to know the God whom you believe in? This world is going to know God by watching Jesus in you. They're going to get to know God by watching Jesus work through you as you love people. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the Bible gives us a beautiful outline of what real love is. And this morning, I want to read it, a portion of it, from Eugene Peterson's paraphrase called The Message. Listen to what he says. He said, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on other people. Love is not always me, me, me first. Love doesn't fly off at the handle. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't revel when other people grovel. Love takes pleasure in the truth. It puts up with a lot of stuff. Love trusts God always. Love always looks for the best in people. Love never looks back. Love keeps on going and going and going all the way to the end. 
friend, is that the way you love? Is that kind of love even possible for us? Well, you need to know that is the agape love of God. That is the love of God, and he would never command you to do something that weren't possible. But how? How do I express the perfect agape love of God? Simply put, you got to practice. You got to practice. Loving other people will never become a regular habit in your life until you repeat that practice over and over again. And when you do repeat it like that, eventually, at some point, it's going to become a regular habit for you. So here's that in a nutshell. We should practice love until it becomes a regular practice. Get it? We should practice love until it becomes a regular practice. Right? Get it? All right, you can say, I got it. Got it. So how do you love people when they're mean to you? How in the world do you love people when they talk bad about you? How do you love people when they stab you in the back? I mean, it's hard to deal with people like that. Would you agree? So what are you to do? What am I supposed to do when I, I'm mistreated like that? Simply put, the more opposition you face, the more you need to love. The more they come at you, the more you need to love. When people come against you, and they will, here it comes. You ready? Say, I'm ready. Increase the dosage. When they come against you, and they will, and they're mean, and they're stabbing you in the back, and they're belittling you, increase the dosage. Give them more love. Keep pouring it to them until they drown in it. Keep pouring coals upon their head until they finally get it, that they are loved. You may be thinking, Bill, I can't do that. I can't love like that. And can I tell you this? You're right. You can't. So where am I to get this power? Where am I going to get this power of perfect love? Well, let's look in verse 13. By this, here you go. This is the way. By this, loving one another, we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. He has given us of his spirit. Do you know that sometimes we succeed in love only when we succeed in failing? Y'all get that? Sometimes you blow it in love when you blow it all together. When you fail at love. We fail because we cannot do it ourselves. We can't love like God in the flesh. We can't love like God being in ourselves. But God has given believers the power to express perfect love. 
You see, the moment that you're saved, the Spirit of God lives in you and wants to live through you. And He alone is the one who has the power to accomplish this perfect love I'm talking to you about this morning. Love requires so much, so many things. Love requires patience, right? Love requires self-control, right? Love requires sacrifice, right? But you know what it requires most of all? The perfect love of God requires most of all allowing the Holy Spirit of God to love through you. Because you can't do it. You can't love like God in the flesh. God will love every single person in your sphere of influence through you if you will surrender and let him. The problem is, we don't. We have to learn to surrender to God and allow him to love people through us. This power comes when we begin to accept and love people for who they are. They're people. Just like we're people. Loving people uh, for where they are right now in their life. Hey, not everybody's as spiritually mature as you are. Right? Everybody knows that there are various planes of spiritual maturity. Maybe you're, you're dealing with a baby Christian. And they just don't get it. Well, you need to learn to love them where they are. Maybe they're a lost sinner in the depths and in the throes of drug addiction. Maybe you just need to love them where they are right now. Love them all the way to Jesus, amen? Maybe you've got to say, I ain't waiting for you to change. I'm going to change, and I'm going to come down to your level. I'm going to get where you are. I'm going to do what i got to do to identify with you. Maybe we've got to say, Holy Spirit, I cannot love this person. I cannot love this person, but I know that you can through me. I know that you can through me. Therefore, I yield all my feelings to you. Will you love this person through me? Pastor Jerry Vines told a story about a man in his church. And Pastor Jerry said, I'm not weird, but that was the best smelling man in our church. Every time he came by me, I noticed, man, he just smells so good. Finally, one day, Jerry asked him, he said, Sir, what cologne is it you wear? Every time you pass by me, you smell so good. And that man said, I work in a wholesale flower shop. I handle roses all day long. I get that stuff on me and I can't get it off. And then he told Jerry, if you hang around roses long enough, you're going to begin to smell like them. I want to tell you on the authority of the Holy Scriptures this morning that if you hang around Jesus long enough, you'll begin to have that sweet aroma, which is the love of God. It's how love smells. 
Paul wrote to a church not unlike our own. In Ephesians chapter 5, he encouraged those believers. He said, be imitators of God as dear children. That would include agape love. Be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love, agape love, as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. See, that's how love smells. That's how perfect love smells. And if we will follow the pattern of Jesus when it comes to loving people, and you begin to take up the practice of loving people, and you begin to utilize the power to love people, you'll be able to ask yourself this question. What am I going to get in return? What will be the product of perfect love? Look in verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this. Here's the way. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out so what do you get? What do you get? What is the product of love? Perfect love yields boldness on the day of judgment. When you're standing before God, you'll be able to be bold because you have loved people, his people. See, when you love like Jesus, you can be fearless. Fearless when you face judgment. Fearless on the, when you stand before God. You see, on the day of judgment, friend, if you're lost... The Bible says, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior from sin, you're going to stand before God, and he's going to cast you into the outer darkness. That's what happens when you're lost. But if you're a believer, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible also says you will still stand before God. You will still give an account for everything you've done, good and bad. You'll still give an account of whether you showed love or showed hatred. You won't lose your entrance into heaven, but the scriptures teach us that it will cost us reward. So if you're thinking today, if I died today, I am scared to death that heaven might not be my home. If you're thinking that today, I want you to know you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live that way. You can live this life without fear. Without fear, because perfect love casts out fear. The perfect love of God casts out fear. So if you find the love of God through Christ and then you practice that love of God, it will cast out all fear. You can be absolutely confident that when you stand before God, when you stand before God, you'll be able to say, I belong to you. And I know you'll never cast me out. Now to close this morning, I want to give you three quick signs that perfect love, complete love, is in you. What is the proof 
of perfect love. First of all, perfect love is active. It is active. Love, perfect love, agape love, God's love demands expression. You cannot say, I'm going to love and then sit back and not show it. You cannot tell your husband or wife, I love you, then sit back and not show it. You cannot tell your children, I love you, then not show it. You cannot say to your church, I love this church, then sit back and don't show it. You cannot say to God, God, I love you, and then sit back and not show it. Why? Because love is active. It demands expression. So if you're going to love your spouse, if you're going to love your children and your grandchildren and love your church and you're going to love God, it's got to be active. But perfect love also serves. Do you remember the building block a couple of weeks back? The building block of service? We said in that message that when God is in control of our lives, you will become an influencer. The perfect love of God will cause you to be an influencer. When God is in control of your life, the people whom which you have an impact are going to be impacted by the perfect love of God. When God is in control of your life, you will make a difference. The perfect love of God in your life will make a difference. And can I say, especially in the lives of children. Why? Because not only is perfect love active, but perfect love serves. Finally this morning, perfect love is about sacrifice. Many of you know all about, all too well, about sacrifice, especially the sacrifice of love. I am amazed what we as human beings are willing to sacrifice for true love. I am equally amazed at the lack of love we show by our unwillingness to sacrifice. God showed His agape love when Jesus paid the price for our sins. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. The Bible says God demonstrated his love. And that while we were sinners. Christ died for us. He demonstrated his love. Jesus went to the cross. Was nailed there. Pierced there. Bled there. Died there. Because he loves you. They took him down from that cross and they placed his body in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, the angels moved this gigantic stone from the front of the tomb and he arose, defeating death once and for all because he loves you. I can't think of a more priceless gift than defeating death on my behalf. He must really love me. 
And he really loves you. Today, the Lord Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father where he prays for you. Why? Because he loves you. Oh, how he loves you. And one day, when that trumpet sounds, Jesus is coming back. In fact, in John chapter 14, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, there you may also be. He's going to come back. But the question is this. Is he coming back for you? Is he coming back for you? Oh, how he loves you. Do you love him? Is your love active? Is your love serving? Is your love sacrificial? I guess what I'm saying is, if you love God, prove it. Let's pray. Father God, I praise you and thank you for your infinite, incredible, unconditional, sacrificial love for us. And Father, I'm thankful for the promises of God that are clear in your word that says when we truly love you and accepted the gift of God, which is Christ Jesus, in and through our lives, Father, you love other people through us. The people in this world will get to know you by how you love us and how you